Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And action. <laughs> <laughs> you alright? I'm very well. Good, good, good. It's happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, happy Easter. Yeah, it's um, it's we're we're recording this on Easter Sunday, aren't we? Sure, are. it's bright and early in the morning. The yeah. sun's shining, yeah. and um, and we're we're drinking coffee. Very responsible, yeah. and yeah. did um, did someone was someone very charitable and brought some of your yeah? Kids? No, um, I, I should say that um, Chris is here, and and and, and seventy six our producers here as well, and um, both turned up with um. Easter eggs. Bearing gifts. Children. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Very nice of you. Thank you very You're much. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Can we get back to me being horrible with you now? <laughs> um, right, well, look, um, today's podcast um, is with the legendary um, UFC um, British MMA fighter, yeah. um, Brad One Punch Pickett. Yeah. And we met up with Brad last week, um, yeah. and he was, he was lovely, wasn't he? Yeah, he, was, he, was a le- he, he really is a legend. What, what a nice guy. And, well... You guys can tell us, did we fanboy out too much? Because we kind of yeah. we were excited to meet Brad, weren't we? Yeah, we didn't really want to be excited. like, oh, Brad. <laughs> so hopefully we uh, we kept it together. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was a bit fanboy in places, I'm, I'm sure. We but, um, but yeah, he was a, a, a real, really interesting guy. And if, yeah, if, if you people aren't into um, MMA, or some of you will know it as UFC, yeah. um, then it's not just about him talking about fighting he, he talks about his life um and his top five he's nothing it's to do awesome. with fighting no um it's, it's 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 far more fun yeah um and we also talk about his career and he's had a very interesting life where he grew up and yeah, yeah i think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy it it's um it's it's, it's not a boring it's like, and it's not only about uh punching people's lights out yeah yeah because i know oh, I that, mean, we had to try not yeah, to make it like yeah, that but we, uh, we, we know that some of you's um when we do the, the drunk cast kind of zone out a bit when we get overexcited about ufc yeah, and stuff yeah. so um no it's it's, it's it's absolutely cracking and and i'm, I'm sure you're gonna love yeah, it yeah he's a diamond geezer um so yeah should we just uh, give a little shout out to our sponsors as well so firstly um, Pip's already had a go at me for the distraction, not shouting out his own distraction pieces podcast on the the bath intro that you might have enjoyed last week. And uh, show um, you right, mate. Yep, you yep, sort of like sorry, you just sort sorry, of fade, faded out. Yeah, now you just started talking about you in the bath. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, have we got to talk about Pip? Well, I've just done it. Right. So okay. that's him done. Well, he's got stuff and he? he's got a network and. Mm-hmm. His, his stuff's all right, but there's other really good stuff on there as well. We yeah, there? like stop and search with um, Jason Reed. Yeah, that's with Susie. That's yeah, really yeah. Good. Uh, say why to drugs with Doctor Susie Gage. I wish I could put Doctor in the front of my. Um, 
Yeah. Like, Dr. Feelgood. No, yeah. You're, <laughs> you'll be more like an unofficial doctor. Like Dr. Fox. Right. Um, is he? Is he? Or did he get away, he got away with it, didn't he? He got away with yeah. it. Um, <laughs> and we got um, Tuesday Night Jaw with Jim Ch- Smallman. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All podcasts worth checking out. And shall we talk about www.redshiftrebels.com Yes, where you can buy some lovely snapbacks for summer to keep the sun out of your eyes. T-shirts. Yeah. Um, Or if you want to just go skins, just just buy a hat. (laughs) (laughs) Go skins, your head might be a bit cold, so wear a beat one of our beanie hats. Exactly, mate. Exactly. Nice one. Oh, and and finally, a a big thank you to, while while the man's staring at me with a gun to my head, thank you to 76 for producing. Yes. Um, Much love. He's... He's, he's been given had, a tough job. He has been given a tough job because of you know some technical difficulties where where I might have been plugging microphones for the into first headphone leads <laughs> into the first seven episodes. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, yeah, but like as as we've had a few um, people mention that mm. the, the the recording quality um, isn't as good as they'd like. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should point out that. We're learning as we're going here, guys. Mm. Um, you know, this is all new to us, and we we bought a, a setup that we thought would would do it, and and we've passed it over to to seventy six, and he's literally had to try and polish a turd. Yeah, um, that, that's not directed at the guests, of course. <laughs> and uh, but um, yeah, so we've we've gone out, and as what you're listening to now um, is the same equipment that Scroobius Pip uses. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully, you will get a much nicer. Um, listening experience. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 76 also produces beats as well. So yeah. if you happen to be an MC or anything like that and need some uh, some fresh beats to rhyme over, then uh, go and check him out at 76... I don't know. Dot what? Oh, dot bandcamp.com. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I want to do a... Well, well we, this is the, the, the Brad Pickett podcast, yeah. so I'm, I'm sure we're going to get quite a few MMA fans um, yeah. listening. Um, I just want to mention another podcast, which is um, the UFC MMA chat. Oh, um, wicked, yeah. And, um, yeah, these guys were, were, were kind enough. They're a, um, a Canadian um, company, podcast. Yep. And they gave us a nice big shout-out on their um, on their cast. So, no respect um, for that. Glad that right you're enjoying it, you. lads. Yeah. Right back at you. Uh, um, cool. Should we get on, on with the it? show? Have we got anything else we have to talk about? Uh, you can talk about me for a little bit longer. No. If you want. no? Um, okay. Pip always sounds really professional on this bit, doesn't he? When he does his little intros, he always sounds like he's got it all worked out. Because he has, because he's written it down, like he's worked out what order he eats his ice cream at the cinema. That's the sort of guy he is. Yeah. Needless to say, that's not the kind of people <laughs> we are. That's why this is just a, a, a shambolic intro. But listen. You're going to love this. It's yep. um, it's Brad One Punch Picket, and it's a cracking podcast. And what a lovely fellow he was taking the time out and, to come and yeah. talk about his life and bring his dog. Yeah, Bonnie, wicked. Yeah. So enjoy the next episode of Hardcore Listing with uh, Dr. Feelgood and Stu. <laughs> it's not your new name. <laughs> Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Okay, so how are you, Chris? I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, yeah, I'm well all right, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, not too bad. A little bit excited, are you? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, big, nice. Big one today. All right, well, look, um, 
let's cut straight to it. Our guest today is uh, is a UFC ledge, Mr. Brad Pickett. Hi guys, thanks Welcome. for having me here. Oh, thanks, mate. How you doing? Thanks for coming. I'm all good. I'm all good. Is nice this English weather? Typical English weather. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, yeah, it's a little bit overcast today. But, uh, well, come on, it's still great weather for England. It is. Yeah. It is, it is, it is. <laughs> come on, a typical Englishman complaining already. <laughs> no, but we can get. We smashed it at the weekend, didn't it? It was. It was ridiculously hot. Sunday was amazing. Uh, what do you do Sunday? Dusted off the barbecue, mate. Mate, yeah. Standard. Uh, standard barbecue. Mowed the lawn. It was like typical <laughs> English weather, you know. I didn't get up till. Probably not 12 or 1. You phoned me. That's sacrilege. It was such a great day. We were doing club nights. And okay. I probably, I probably, then I watched the UFC. All right. And I was a Live? Night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. It was yeah. like 7, 8 a.m. I think. So, yeah. yeah I, I was woken up by Stu phoning me, basically, asking me. Had a club night. Had a club night. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck off, mate. I'm trying to sleep here. But yeah, it was, it was a lovely day. And Saturday was really nice as well. Yeah. yeah. That kind of kills us for club nights, though, weirdly. Because when it's sunny, everyone wants to stay out. And they go out, I guess, drinking all day and probably not even make it to the club at (laughs) night time. It's a case, though, isn't it? People just get a bit of sunshine and they they just get a little bit overexcited, spend the afternoon drinking pub gardens and then the evening. Everyone's done. That's (laughs) it. That's it. Uh, All right, well, look, today um, Brad's picked a a pretty interesting top five. We we went about this a different way. Normally, like, we'll we'll, we'll text or call up whoever's going to be the guest and say, what do you want to do your top five on? Brad, I thought he was pretty uh, courteous to say, look, ask the listeners what they want to do. And literally, we got inundated and we had loads and loads and loads, which were like top fighters, top knockouts, and very, very based around, obviously, what people know you for. Um, But there were some interesting ones in there as well. And you've you've chosen one, which I really didn't expect you to choose, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So, Brad, do you want to introduce what your top five is going to be? My top five was... my top five trilby wearing um people. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely wicked. And you, 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 you came back straight back to that wish as well. You like you, you That's what like, I'm you, you knew you were sort of like it was, yeah. yeah, I found it very in- it was interesting, you know, yeah. where obviously top five knockouts and all that stuff and, and that could be, you know Yeah, so many knockouts. For me I'd be mm. like, Oh my god, which one yeah, I yeah. find out top five trilby wearers I think is a bit off piece, you know, like yeah. kind of like not something you would expect. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. So and there's a massive variety of them. I didn't realize how many was there are. You know, there's a few iconic ones stick in my head. Yeah. But then, yeah, but then when I was looking myself as well, I was like, actually a lot of people wear trilby. We were yeah. saying like once you, I mean, no spoilers. Obviously, we're going to count down it, but we we'll throw which we normally do on the podcast these honourable mentions as well that didn't make it. And like you say, there's <laughs> shitloads, aren't there? Yeah, yeah. There is some like. Yeah, some pretty cool people yeah, out there. But then I was like, oh, right, the difference between sort of like trilbies and fedoras. But they're kind, yeah. of, they're kind of close Similar. anyway. Though, definitely, so. definitely. But yeah, there's a few other interesting, um, well-known people for different other like hats and headwear, like bowler hats and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, this was good. Looking forward to it. And your your selection's pretty uh, pretty funny as well. I look forward to talking about it. So, um, for people that um, aren't big MMA fans that might not know you are... Okay. Um, do you want to sort of tell us a little bit about... You, we'll go through your career as we go on, I think, anyway, if that's cool with you. Of course. Um, but the first thing, when I, I first discovered you as a fighter, was the ring walk. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, who's this dude? Right, he's, right, he's got a newspaper yeah. in his hand. And, <laughs> uh, so what, what, and, and obviously, wearing a, a trilby, coming out to, to Chaz and Dave, like, what, what was the background to that? Well, first of all, I, I, I knew early on that 
you have to kind of stand out. You have to market yourself within. It's an entertainment business, you know. Yeah. Um, even though when I first started, it wasn't really a case that this was a career path or anything, because it was such a early stages of the sport but I still know that to entertain you still got to be, stand out a little bit so I knew being uh, you could be different in a lot of ways you could have loads of tattoos all over you but you know I don't have tattoos uh, or you could have different colour hair and all that sort of stuff so I I, try, I I chose to be a bit different you know uh, to uh, like I say market yourself in certain ways and the uh, reason I wear my trilby is because actually when I got into fighting a little bit I think start I boxed when I was 19 to 21 just to keep fit I used to play football at quite a good level and I just took up boxing just for the fitness got asked you know do you want to have a fight after like six months I kind of thought alright I'll give it a go mm-hmm. I was a very competitive person so it wasn't the case I was a violent person and I wanted mm-hmm. to fight I obviously got into the usual sh- kind of scuffles as, as a kid yeah. was you confident I, as a scrapper I, I was I was tough I knew I was tough in, not in, in, in you know I mean sometimes you don't want to be like a, a glass cannon you know like yeah. where it's not about how much damage you could out, get output it's what you could take as well yeah, yeah, keep yeah, coming yeah, back yeah. and I was a, I was a tough kid you know so but I was definitely much more of a vigilante where I wouldn't really look after myself I would be my friends or my girlfriends at the time or, or I try and to be honest stop fights if fights are going on or I see something getting a bit out of hand I'll be like hey right, and sometimes by trying to stop a fight you can get involved yeah, in yeah, a yeah. fight as well so I was more of that kind of guy yeah? I took a boxing uh, and where was this London uh, no actually I grew up in London um, went until the ages of eight then um I moved to India. My parents were quite famous sh- shoemakers. They used to uh, we used to have a, a little shoe shop uh, called Victoria Shoes uh, right near um, uh, uh, Victoria Park, mm. um, and they used to make shoes for like Elton John and stuff like that. Um, and a real rich guy, uh, AJ Kelsey, an Indian guy, um, spoke to my dad because he was quite you know recommended, mm. uh, and asked him who is the only one he could recommend to go to India to, to teach the locals how to make shoes, set up these factories and all that sort of stuff. And my dad just thought, hey, why don't we just do it? I spoke to my mum and said, okay, let's go out there. So we went out to uh, India, lived there for a couple of years. Uh, so my dad, my mum was teaching him how to make shoes and my dad was running the more of the business side of things. Uh, I was over there for a couple of years in India. Then we moved back to England and um, where... My parents kind of, I was born in Whitechapel. I lived in like, a, you know, near close to Bow, like Victoria Parkway. Yeah. Uh, but I think my mum and dad kind of thought, you know, take me away from maybe getting in trouble. So I, I moved up to a place called uh, Weldon uh, and I went to a school in like called Arundel. Then I went to like Stanford College. So I, I lived up in East Midlands right, right. Uh, for my, I see my teen years, I was probably about 11 to. 11 to, oh, I say about 19, or no, not 11 to 21, actually. Uh, I was at there 10 years. So my my, my, my school friends and I sort of are up there. They were in my schooling years. And then I decided to move back down to London when I was 21, uh, when my brother and my brother moved down here. And uh, But before that, I'm get, I say I'm getting digressed, but I took a boxing because I used to play football at quite a good level. I used to play for Russian Diamonds. And what's that's up? In the Midlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then uh, then I went and played for... I had a real bad knee injury. Um, I ruptured my ACL playing football. Uh, and then I... Um, this was while I was boxing as well. 
So I was boxing, like I say, just to keep fit in between training sessions. Started um, having a few boxing fights, and I was doing well. I was 10 as one, one as an amateur. Um, my first four fights, first five fights, I won by knockout. And that's quite hard when mm-hmm. I was only weighing 57 kilos with headgear and 10-ounce gloves on. I was still knocking people out. But I wasn't that kind of guy where I was a technical boxer. I was more of a brawler, you know, I, mm. I just throwing bombs and, you know, that was it. I was trying to go for the knockout the whole, the whole time. So was your trainers at that point picking up on the fact that you had natural power now? Yeah, obviously. You, I mean, like, it's not easy to knock someone out in an amateur boxing yeah. match when you're wearing headgear and gloves, you know. Um, yeah, I had good, good power, you know, back then. Uh, but then I say... I love I love boxing and, I, and, and I, but football was always my passion. Then I had a real bad knee injury, uh, ruptured my ACL playing um, uh, on a Sunday morning football when I shouldn't have been playing Sunday morning yeah. football. I wasn't allowed to, but I loved the football. Uh, ruptured my ACL and then um, went went to the hospital and all that sort of stuff. Um, That's pretty painful, isn't it? Doing that. It was ACL. one of the worst pains. Yeah, I yeah. did just do my ACL. This is what mm-hmm. uh, I, I was playing cinema football. The ball bounced on the floor. I jumped up to control the ball on my chest. Yeah. I was born in someone else's uh, boots, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there were blades, and as I landed, I landed, and I carried on moving, but my foot stayed where it was, and I actually ruptured my ACL. Uh, my patella tendon uh, and my medial ligament, and oh, no. and I tore my cartilage as well. So I've pretty done it pretty pretty well. Went down, I, I screamed like a pig. You yeah. know, like it was the worst pain so, I ever had. So I thought, you I, never forget. I thought someone shot me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was like the worst pain I ever had. Went off the pitch, sat down. Drilling obviously was pumping, and then after about five minutes, I said, "I think I might be all right." Yeah. Run it off. Yeah, yeah literally, yeah, just run that one off. Tried to get up and started like, I might be, and just jogged a little bit and then I collapsed yeah, again. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'm bad. The hot ambulance came, gave me some gas, loved the gas, it was amazing. Made my journey to the hospital very entertaining. <laughs> uh, but got there, typical English uh, hospitals back then. Sent me for an x ray. I said, I know it's not broken, I've done. Uh, you know, damage to my knee. I could tell if I broke my leg or something. We X you anyway, okay? Taste of an X ray. Come back. Nothing's broken. I'm like, okay, thanks. Uh, I knew that nothing was broken. Uh, so I said, what's wrong with my knee? And so, um, put some tubey grip on my knee. I go, just probably a little bit of light tissue damage. <laughs> Come back in two weeks if it's still a problem. I'm like, all right. So I went off and then, but I knew I'd done pretty bad. Yeah, my knee was pretty mad. Yeah. And I still got no AC on my leg now. No, I never had it repaired. Uh, I went to like a, uh, a doctor. Nowadays, they will repair your knee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're, they're thinking long run, you're going to cost the NHS more money for mm-hmm. getting knee yeah, replacement yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. But back then, they were like, because they, they gave me a few tests, you know, and like, because I had quite played a lot of football, I had real strong hamstrings and quads and cars. My leg was really strong. It was actually quite stable. Um, it's not now. I could show you my leg. My leg moves around all over the place, but... Back then it was really stable, so yeah. there was no need to operate on it and just done like a, you know, just cut, sort out my cartilage mm. and cut, actually cut out my ACL because my ACL was snapped and moving around a little bit and every now and again it would, it would go in between my cartilage and I'll crush my, 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 uh, my ACL and it'd be like an electric shock and I'd fall to the floor and then I'd be like, I'm okay again. You know, yeah, it was yeah. just like, it was just a weird thing, so they cut it out. Uh, I've literally got a massive tangent. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, but that's what, so, it, yeah, it took it, up boxing. Yeah, yeah, because I initially uh, I think where we we dig, uh, digress from was when asked about where the the trilby idea and you talk about marketing yourself. There we go. There we go. Yes, that's amazing. We're in a <laughs> different different. Mate, talk about whatever you want. But then yeah, so then I started getting into uh, um, I started to go back into boxing when I was about I say twenty five back down and I went to Peacock Cannon Cannon Town kind of found it kind of like same old same thing and also I didn't get a lot of attention because one I was 25 and they was obviously looking after the younger kids mm. being 25 you think you're done now yeah. sort of thing yeah so uh, then some one of my friends said to me oh why don't you try out mixed martial arts uh, a guy called Dell Edwards who lived in my manor what year was this roughly Brad 2003 so where was where was sort of Mixed martial arts on the kind it's of... It's literally just started, obviously. Mm. It only been around a few years. I remember watching them. Definitely yeah. in the UK, yeah. I mean, because it was in the States, wasn't it? A little, obviously yeah. before that. But the UK, that was fucking brand new, really. Yeah, like, yeah, it's all 100%. Like cage rage yeah. and like that sort yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, like, era, it? it was completely... Uh, when I started first started watching it, it wasn't even weight class. I was watching Horace Gracie. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. a fan watching the early yeah. UFCs. That I found it... I, that's why I think it's amazing sport. It, it, is okay, so sport now before is more of a spectacle, yeah. you know, like watching blood sport the movies. Okay. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah. like this kickboxer fights a sumo wrestler. Yeah. Who's gonna win this fight? I remember that coming like seeing like that because I saw bits as much younger before yeah. then I got properly into it and uh, and I was like this is literally like Street Fighter watching a Honda fight. You know, yeah, yeah. World. But a geezer with a, yeah, exactly, a geezer with one uh, glove boxing on, glove, boxing yeah. glove on, and his other hand free. Yeah, and then just getting chewed up by people like Ois and stuff like that. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, so I mean, it was, it was so enjoyable watching those mm. uh, early UFCs. But I never back then thought I'd I'd love to do it, but it wasn't weight class, and I'm right. I'm not really a massive dude. But you know, so I was like, ah, oh, realistically, it's not gonna happen. But mm. then when I started getting into it, um, yeah, again, I only been training for like six months, and yeah, again. Do I have a fight? I had a bit of boxing background, obviously. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a go, you know. So would you, uh, BJJ and all that was all completely new to you? I didn't even, when I first had my first MMA fight, I didn't have a clue about the ground. Didn't even know what was going on. Had you, had you sort of drilled your kicks a bit? Had you got... Yeah, I thought, nah, <laughs> I'm not going to kick. I'm just going to throw my hands. Yeah. You know, uh, and try and defend the takedowns. Yeah. Uh, I don't know an elite fighting system with David Long. You learn a little bit on the floor, mm. you know, a few arm bars. You, to be honest, you learn a lot of real flashy stuff that you never use. Yeah. I remember one of my first submissions I ever learned was like a rolling knee bar, and I've never <laughs> hit it in my entire, entire career, in tra- even in training. I've never hit it. You know? yeah. So it's just like, you know, you learn a lot of fancy stuff yeah. that you kind of like, looks real great, but you're not really practical. Yeah. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's when I got into fighting. When I got into fighting, my my mum uh, my, uh, said to me, oh, you probably get that, you get that from uh, my granddad. Um, no, not her granddad, her dad, which is my granddad. Mm. He died when I was four, so I didn't really get to know him. But he used to be a, he used to work uh, uh, during the day as being a roofer. But um, at night time, uh, to earn a bit of extra money for the family, he used to do some bare knuckle boxing. Oh, um, to, to that, as first, now go back to why I wear Trilby yeah. hats, I'm yeah, covering yeah, right. now. Yeah, yeah. So I w- looked at some photos of my, uh, my, my granddad, and he used to wear braces, right? Uh, braces and a trilby hat so I was like well I'm going to pay tribute to my granddad yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's why well, a lot of people a lot of people got it confused with uh, Mickey 
from Snatch. And one, yeah. Oh, one, okay, sure. My name's One Punch. Yeah. And one Punch was from boxing, obviously, with yeah. knockouts. Mm. Uh, and the, but then the Trilby Hat came from it. But obviously, people, because the, the film Snatch. Around that time as well, I yeah, guess. Yeah. 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 yeah, a lot of people assumed that that, yeah, that was the case. That. Yeah. So the, when you do your, your stare-downs at the Waynes and that, your your stance that you take up there is that almost in homage to the bare yeah, knuckle. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Bare, bare, I, I do the old school creepy yeah. rules kind of thing because yeah. that's why I did. You know, it's like paying tribute to my my, my granddad who was a bare knuckle boxer. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Dad was a bare. Your granddad was bare knuckle boxer. Your parents were cobblers. No, so my granddad, yeah, bare knuckle boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's very like a. East End. You, you couldn't be any more East End. No, you couldn't be more East End like a traditional. I was actually like, born uh, in uh, Whitechapel, uh, and I was born within the sound of Bow Bell. So technically, I'm a true cockney. I, I think legit, works, yeah. legit, mate. And it's, so it is the most. It is one of the most memorable uh, walkouts. For definitely, sure, but definitely. And actually, on that walkout, as well, people say, "Why do I read the newspaper?" But yeah, again, with that, a lot of people got confused. Like, why is it I read the newspaper to to um, to the cage because what does the average Englishman do in the morning going yeah, to work, work yeah. <laughs> pick up the metro read a paper going to work and that's why I did it to say look I'm from a working class background this is what I do this is just my job if there's a way in the cage I can punch in a card to say yeah, I'm going yeah, to yeah. work clock I'll, in. I'll, I'll clock <laughs> in exactly yeah, that's, that's what I've done so just saying like, I'm, I'm the same as you guys out there you know? yeah oh brilliant mate well look we'll, we'll talk loads more about your career obviously that's how it, it sort of Come about. So, should we should we start the five? Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Who do you want to go for first, mate? Because they're in no order, are they? You're just going to throw the five at us. No, you you pick them. You you pick yeah. one, and then I'll, I'll talk about. Them. Well, I've I've got them in in an order here that you uh, I've got in the, the text from you. So, should we 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 kick off with the first one? I'll let you intro introduce it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this first one's Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, reason this one's out there because obviously is me growing up. It, it, this was the horror movie, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going, ba- going back and watching it now, it's, I find it a bit funny. But back then... Game changer. One, two, three. Yeah. Look, oh, it's that, oh, it, it was. It was a bad <laughs> one. I remember, I remember my mates talking about it on the pl- at the playground and saying that story. And they're going, this guy comes up to you in, in your sleep and these things happen with the claw. And I was oh. like, I'm not sure if I want to watch that. Yeah. But then when I did, it was, yeah, it was petrifying. It was, it, it was massive, wasn't it? It yeah. was one of the, Robert England was the, uh, what was he? He was the actor. Yeah. And who, who where's? Craven. Craven, of course it is. So it was scary. Like the first one compared to the others as well. Like the first and the second were really, pretty bloody terrific do, stuff. Do, do you know where the, the idea for the character come from? What it's based on? It's, no. it's pretty fucking weird. So, Craven, with like, mm. He based it on a series of, of deaths in America of people who had reoccurring nightmares. Right. And uh, that mixed with his school bully and a homeless guy that had burns on his face that petrified him when he seen him when he was 11. Right. So it's a kind of hybrid. <laughs> all of right. all of them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the kind of one of... There'd been a series of deaths of people that had already been complaining of reoccurring dreams. That's pretty fucking dark, yeah, isn't it? it is. That is pretty mental. That's what I mean. That's why I also chose him because a few people also said when I when I was doing my walkout, is that you do that because of Freddy Krueger? Yeah. I was like, no, no, it's something to do with Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm pretty much sure that there's, there's people in Arctic and I think there's a nightmare coming their yeah, way, though. Yeah. Pretty sure <laughs> of that, mate. <laughs> I wish know. I could fight with them, of course, you know. <laughs> I thought we could do some good damage there. Like, a bit like kick, uh, what was it, kickboxer when they were dipping their fists in the... In uh, the glass. glass. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty Ouch. good. Yeah, yeah. So all of them kind of like the kickboxer and stuff like that, but they all big like kind of factors as well. Because we Man, spoke previously, haven't we, those. about like we all started martial arts Life and we saw the karate kid one. and things yeah. like that. So. It's strange. When I grew up, I never really... I never, I, never, I mean, I might, my, I was very sporty, but uh, all my sports were like team sports, like you know, like football, cricket, rugby. I, I played a lot of team sports. There wasn't really many sports growing up where it was single sports. You mm. know, like it was tennis, I guess, but there was nothing, nothing, nothing else. So for me, watching fight, same as you watch anyone, it's it, you're not saying you have to be a violent person, but if you see a like right now, there are some builders out there. Two of them start kicking off and start punching each other. Mm. You gonna watch? Yeah. Are you interested? Yeah. Straight on the first, I don't know. I'm drawn to fighting. There's a event at a nightclub and something's kicking off. I'm I'm the one that kind of walking over to what's mm-hmm. going on now. I'm very curious. So I've always been, you know, intrigued by fighting, but not not in a way that, like I say, I'm, I won't say I'm a violent person. Cause I never fight. Because I hate what's in front of me. I always mm. say I fight because I love what's behind me. Like right. um, my coaches, my family. I do it in in a way of honour for the fans. Mm. That that's kind of thing. I mean, like no animosity towards the opponent. At I all. don't think anyone would ever say you're anything. No. I'm mean, a gentleman in, in the sport. I mean, I've never seen you on a on a stair dance, start gobbing off at yeah. people mm. and pushing people. It's never struck me as that's your style. You no, know, it's, for me, like fight. I, I say I've always said this throughout my career. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be nicest guy to me in the world and when we fight I'm going to go out there and try and knock your head off yeah. and if you could be an absolute idiot towards me I'm going to try and knock your head off yeah, so yeah. it's up to you if you want to be an idiot or not yeah. you know so like it just shows your character some, some fighters like to do it to G themselves up for me like I say it's just a job I, I mean like it's kind of like a bit, um, bit old school like gladiator sort of where mm, you yeah. do it for honour and and you know, it's just where me putting food on, on the table for my family, you yeah. know. And like I say, I'm, don't get me wrong, I, I would die in there, mm. you know. That's what I'm like, you yeah. know. Uh, I'm, I fight, I'd fight to the death, basically, yeah. but not because I hate the guy. No, more, no. Also because I'm very competitive as well. I don't like losing, so mm. that's why I, I fight hard, you know. There's, so. there's definitely, I think, like years of... Because I've always been drawn to it, and I don't. I can't always put my finger on it, Um you know, I, I, we were talking about cartoons and how violent they were growing up in the 80s, and I loved it, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it comes much before that, and I think... It's a human instinct. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, the, the, the idea of physical contest. Mm. And and that's what I watch, you know, that's why I love uh, the UFC. Even before it was weight class, like you say, or, um, you know, obviously then when, when it was, it's a physical contest, but it's also... It's the attitude. It's really interesting you hearing that because I think why you're probably a fan favourite, definitely one of my favourites, right, is because you go in there to, I think, have a have a fight and have a physical contest yeah. where you're going in there to do what you're saying, knock, knock the other guy's head off and win, right? Yeah. Be the dominant fighter in there. That's the idea of it. And fighters I don't draw to so well, the ones who I think might be eking out points decisions and, yeah. and whatnot, because to me, I don't think that... I think the idea of points in... In fighting is well. What happens at the end of three rounds? We don't know who won. Well, we better somehow be able to go. He won or he didn't. But I think that's, that's something you can look at for people that aren't uh, the listener aren't as familiar with MMA mm. that may know more about boxing. Mm. I think if you look at um, the, the middleweights going back sort of 
15, 20 years. If you looked at the likes of Michael Watson, who was a phenomenal, phenomenal fighter, uh, but a very technical boxer. Mm. Eubank, very flamboyant. Mm. Um, and, and, and Harold Graham, again, technically incredible. As much as all of these people had huge followings, Everybody wanted to watch Nigel Bem throw his hands of course. because it was explosive. Yeah. You, it was never going to go the distance, and yeah. like, and even when he was getting bashed badly on the ropes, you knew he was going to come bouncing off them ropes with bombs. And that, yeah. you, you're going to be drawn to them more explosive fighters. That, but also, it goes back to the the, the the kind of primal instincts of a fighter, like who would win a fight. And that's why, for me, it's like. I had a little stint down at flyweight because obviously I beat Demetrius Johnson, yeah. the, the pound for pound. So I wanted to go. Let's down not there. gloss over that, mate. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I mean, who else has beaten him? Just me and Dominic Cruz. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But do you know what I mean? I went down to that weight class and I found like it didn't do the, the styles of fights didn't do well for me down there because they were quick and they just hit and run, hit and run, and and they found a way of beating me over fifteen minutes. Gotcha. Put me in a room with any of these guys. Give mm. one of us a key. I go, who's going to come out? 100%. 100%. I don't know how long yeah, it'll take me, yeah. but I will come out of that room. I, yeah. I guarantee it. Yeah. And that, for me, that, that's kind of, for me, like the primal, this is yes. how the UFC started. It wasn't time. Yeah. No, it's like, you used to fight, see who wins. And yeah. sometimes you're going to be wrong. You get some real boring fights. But, mm. like, in the olden days, if you're fighting over a pig... It's who's going to be eating the ham sandwich. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. Cool. So it's like, you're not going to yeah. line up, up reach no, and no, height and weight no, no, and go. Case, I'm going to hit you and run away for 15 <laughs> minutes. But the other guy's like, okay, fine. But when I get older, you're dead. You know? <laughs> so it's interesting you say that because um, like obviously UFC's evolved into this, this huge sport. sport. It's a sport now. Yeah. But I listened to, I don't know if you heard um, Rory, uh, Rory McDonald on Rogan. No. Um, it's really interesting. And he was saying that he would prefer to fight bare knuckle, and so would I. We, and this was going to say, like, what? You, and he was it's saying real. he'd like to bring back butts, soccer kicks, everything. Same with me. Really, I wouldn't like. For me, fighting's fighting. So like, there's a lot of way you, it's changing. Oh, you saw, you saw even like with Chris Wyman at, at the weekend. Yeah. You know, with a four. You know, he got kneed in the head a couple of times. And then like, because he, he he assumed it was a legal blow, yeah. which most people. Did I even like me? I was like, was it illegal? It was and I'm like, quite quick, wasn't it? Not but, but guaranteed, guaranteed that if that was a fight to the death, those two little knees to the head wouldn't do anything to him. But yeah. what he's doing is playing those playing rules against, yeah, yeah. and going, oh god, I think he's got me. Because, longer, yeah, yeah. just he's just playing against the rules. That was so, weird, wasn't it? Yeah, and he backfired on him. Yeah. And I think, okay, good. I yeah, mean, in a good so way, he backfired on him. Yeah. And some people get the kick to the balls. Uh, I mean, like. I can't vouch for everyone, but I've been fine for a long time. I've been kicked there a few times, and I'm ne- it's never really... You're wearing a frigging cup. Yeah. You know? I, I'm not saying I've got massive kahunas or anything, <laughs> but you know, I'm, not, I'm okay down there. Yeah. So like, but it's like some people really like play up you know, to the thing. I, I think it's a lot of it's real psychological. Some people like to fight, and some people don't like the, 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 the fighting and are all good at fighting, if that makes sense, where I love... Fighting, so it's like, uh, like I say, I'm not a violent person, but I love the competitiveness yeah. of fighting. Yeah. So if I, if I, if if I was on the floor and someone sucked in the head and beat me, but I win by as a DQ because it was a legal move, mm. I'd be upset with myself. Mm. Yeah. I'd be gutted, you know, because technically in a fight I lost, mm. you know, 
And that's how I see it. So for me, fighting is fighting. Obviously, I wouldn't say do things like eye gouging or mm. biting or something like that. No dirty stuff. But for me, fighting is fighting. Yeah, kick the heads, headbutts if you wanted to, you know. You know, fine. Yeah, I... I've always been more on that side. And I know that, you know, a lot of the rest, with reason, this is not a crazy thing. That's why they do it. It's protect the fighter and X, Y, Z. But... Well, fighting is a tough sport exactly, on your body anyway. Like you, you, so. you, it's easy for me to say I understand that because I'm not getting in the ring. Like, I, I do get that. But you, you, you've gone, you, you go, you're stepping in the ring to fight. And, yeah. and so, first and foremost, yeah, you've got to protect the fighter. But, you know, there's instances where you're like, no, that, that's got to continue because that's not over. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? You're, you're, you're calling it early. And, and I do think it backfired on Weidman. And yeah. I was kind of like laughing. I was really, as we were saying, I was watching it live and I was pretty sleepy. So it sort of like, it did take me a while and to properly see and Process see what it. happened. But at the same time, you know, he did try to play it and he wanted that extra time. He shouldn't have got that extra time. And what yeah. it was, because like, I mean, like, he assumed it was an illegal blow. Mm. So, you know what, it was, he, he was, in my eyes, he was winning in the fight. But Masasi just kind of like turned that corner mm. and then put it on him. Oh, yeah. And then, then he like got that need to head. Then he's like, okay, this could be a legal blow. We he assumed hundred percent he assumed it's a legal blow. I'll play this. If I play this right, I can maybe just get a win by not doing anything else. Yeah. 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 Right, risk anything else. Yeah. I just yeah, get yeah. a free win. Yeah. Yeah. You know? or, or, or even just put him off his tempo. If he's starting to get in the zone, really, yeah. let's let's break that up. Let's break that up and reset it, and then. Yeah, I, I, I've been fine for for many years. And I've seen many people where I'm looking at them and I'm like, mate, you can you can fight, and you're just really milking something. I, yeah. And that's the whole thing because fighting for me, don't get me wrong, is ninety percent uh, in my eyes mental, ten percent physical. So you've got to have the right sort of mindset. Yeah. You know, some people have a re- really weak mindset with fighting, and it's like could be winning a fight, but as soon as they start losing, there's a little area of doubt. Boom, they crumble. They, yeah. Yeah, they, you know what I mean, like. Yeah, nothing, you know. So I know people saw him like Alistair over him. He's an absolute beast of a machine. But if anyone starts doing well against him, he crumbles. Yeah. You know? So doubt starts. Boom. You saw him again. You saw him again. Yeah, when he fought um, Stipe, you know, he was could have killed Stipe yeah. at one point, and then Stipe just weathered that storm. They started turned yeah. it on him, and then you saw him start running. He was yeah. legging it. Yeah. You know? And like for me, that's not fighting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't. You go. You, you. I mean, you can't be a glass cannon. You know, you, you got to be able to absorb as well as give out. You know. So you, you, you say about you know the, the mind game and stuff like that. So taking you back to the first time you got in the octagon, you, you said that your background was predominantly team sports. There ain't going to be a fucking lonelier place than being in that octagon when it no. shuts. How, how, how was that for the first time? That, that, that's the thing, though. Is in, I've been involved in team sports growing up. But you could be the best player on a football pitch, and you could lose the game. Yeah. You could be the worst player and win the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where in a in a single sport like, like even like tennis, it's a lot of mental. It's, you have to be mentally tough to compete in tennis. You know, because just oh. it's tough, really tough. But then also you have the physical aspects of, like, uh, of MMA. It's a bit like maybe like rugby. It's very physical game. But then you have the like same on a rugby pitch. You could be the best player and lose, or you could be the worst player and win. So with, for me, this is the the most challenging sport you can do because you have the physical aspect. It's not you can't get many sports more physical than no. what I do. But then it's a single sport. So 
it's that side of as well it's you know very mentally tough you know and you i've seen so many great athletes in the gym but when they go to fight you think who's that guy really you know, what's that and then the other way i've seen as many guys in the gym are not that great but man they can fight and you put them in there and you think holy shit who's that dude yeah like yeah because yeah, like, yeah. like, he's like he's never in the gym yeah. but who is he you know and it happens all the time i me personally i've been one of those guys throughout my career i, I turn up to fight yeah. i'm not I, when it's not real and it's in the gym and you're training don't get me wrong i'm not bad but it's it's not real so mm. not, i don't have that extra kind of the switch hasn't gone. yeah yeah i'm not i haven't got that and like and for me the most rewarding thing within a fight for me He's breaking someone mentally, you know. I, I find that so because it, you know, fighting is a very male dominant kind of. I know females do it, but so don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. But it's like a, yeah, a who's the man kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, of course. So there's nothing more manly than mm-hmm. seeing your guy just quit. Not even mm-hmm. knocking a guy out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good as well. But like quitting, like I want out of it. And there's so many times throughout my fight, fighting career where I've got a lot of quite a few submissions on my record. Mm-hmm. I'm not a submission artist. But literally, I know a good percentage of them is someone just going, look, get me the hell out of here. I don't want to fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. Here's my neck or yeah. take my arm or and give it yeah. me a submission just to like, say, look, I want to get out of yeah, here yeah. kind of thing. And that's for me. And you, you kind of know that as well. You yeah, know it I know when I've broken yeah. someone. A lot, yeah. a lot of people said that about Connor with Nate on the first time. Yeah, yeah. Or even, well... um, I think he just punched himself out in that fight. Yeah, you know? yeah, he, yeah basically. He, he thought, you know, like, I, I could kill this guy and he just went to town and, and he he lit him up like, you know, the 5th of July yeah, in the first yeah. couple of rounds. It was, it and then, good to watch. But and then yeah. he got Look, hit. Bit, he, he got stunned and then the next thing you know, he's all over the place. Yeah, so the second time, obviously, for me, yeah, two different things. I mean, this is going to be a different thing, but this is why I respect someone like Conor McGregor so much. He stumbled at that hurdle, you know. It's very embarrassing, especially with someone who talks as much as he has. Yeah, me, yeah. I'm a very, you write a big, you write a big a ve- check, aren't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm a mouth. very humble guy, but I'm on a sort of pedestal. If I fall down, yeah, it doesn't matter. Mm. He raises his mouth up here, so yeah, when he yeah. falls, he falls a lot further. Yeah, 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 so yeah. it is a hard thing up there. But for me, then he goes, all right, that's it. I'm not continuing until I fight that guy again. Same, same conditions, same everything. And I want to beat him. So, so it's for me, attitude. It's that you, you, saw attitude. Some, you saw someone like Ronda Rousey. She she got beat, and then she went AWOL. She mm. just went. I don't know where she went. She yeah. went somewhere else, and for a long, long time, you know. So for me, a sign of a true, a true champion is someone who comes back like that. That's what I always go on about Prince Nazim. Prince Nazim for me, I loved him growing up. He was an idol to mm. me. Watching him, I loved. He's so entertaining. Yeah. Then he got beat once, done. And, and, and I'm like, what? If you yeah. look at, while well, we go back to that era, we'll get on to Nesk quickly, but Lennox Lewis, two losses, straight away come back and avenge both of them. Like, as soon as he lost them, Such a man. I mean, that's and, so inspiring. Yeah. So someone who could overcome you know, yeah. that loss. I mean, this is like, a real fighter's attitude, isn't it? It, it is. Because yeah. that, that, we were just talking about people in fights and competitions that you, you, know, you want to see someone go in there and want to win a fight. And in the second fight with McGregor Diaz, right, McGregor was at points keeping his distance, right, so Diaz yeah. couldn't close on him. And people were going, oh, he's running away from him. He's running away. I was like, that's not He's McGregor's conserving style. his gas tank. He's conserving yeah. his energy. Yeah. Nate, like, Nate had such a, re- like, such a reach and he's got a weight advantage, even the second, the second yeah. fight. It's like, no, a smart fighter doesn't 
get themselves crushed, and that's the problem. That's how mm. why he screwed up in the first one. Yeah, he punches himself out. He just punches himself out in the second one. You see, it, like he started to lose a bit of gas. What was yeah. it? Round three. Yeah. But he, he played it much smarter, and it wasn't mm. like he didn't want to do the same thing today. But he also realised that that was a not a great matchup for him, mm. really. No. And he still came back it, and he thought, no, I, 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 I think I'm having it the same does way. really well against someone where he controls the range, and we've. we've, mm. we've Alvarez, that was apparent, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> it's anyone who even yeah. he can control a range or someone, he, he he kills them. So you know, yeah. you know, Chad Man, all them guys. Like he has such a cool, like real good, uh, tall sort of style. Mm-hmm. Keeps people right at the end of his punches, and his straight left is amazing. But when he can't control the range, which he couldn't against uh, Diaz, he it gave him a lot of problems. Yeah, you know? for sure. Well, obviously. We don't need to be talking about Conor too much. Everyone talks no. about Conor yeah, all the time. Yeah, um, but just, I will get your thoughts quickly on the Mayweather-McGregor thing. Yeah. Do you think it's a good thing? It's a thing that people want to pay to watch. Yeah. You know? So at the end of the day... Money, I guess it harks back to your idea of... Money yeah. talks. So yeah. like money completely talks. You know? uh, it's funny how like Nevada uh, you know, would never, ever sanction a fight like this. You know, you know now they are because mm. money, money makes the world go around. Yeah. Money talks. If you want to see a pig versus a lion, but everyone wants to pay to see that fight, yeah. it will happen. You know, yeah, so yeah. If, if someone wants it a, a lot, and everyone's everyone wants it. There's a lot of money involved. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It goes back you know? to that sort of thing of the curiosity, doesn't it? Of, yeah. Well, I, Okay, right. We can argue that the fours and against and whatnot, and, and and what damage that could potentially do, or some people fears it does to the sport and whatnot. But also, it's like, yeah, but it is happening now, and I'm I'm fascinated to see most matchups. To be quite honest with you, so yeah, it's one I can't. But it's one of those ones where you're right. It takes it away from a sport. For me, a sport is should be. For me, the UFC's gone a little bit away from a sport. To be honest, it's more. Entertainment. It's like you like now with WME, uh, they've got uh, they do WWF and all that sort of stuff. It's turned into which fights would generate the most interest mm. at the main. It's not a first. It's not a case where before it was where number one will find number two. Mm. You know, and, see, and that's rank, that's my stance on it. I like yeah. to see someone assert their shot, get their yeah, shot, yeah, and, and it not be governed but by. They, but yeah, but he can fight him. Like you see, okay, it was just go by uh, uh, middleweight division. You know, Bisping's the champion. He's fighting George St. Pierre, who's won the cha- was the champion and a very successful champion of the weight class below. He's been away for years. How could he come and get an immediate title shot? Yeah. Just, just baffles me. Yeah. To someone like Jacarai, yeah. you know, yeah. and Masasi, although I mean, yeah. so many killers in that. I think what's, what's uh, the dude with the? Oh yeah, you, yeah, uh, um, Romero. Yeah, Romero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like. Do you know why? Because they're not that sellable. You yeah. know? They're not that big ticket. If it was Conor McGregor, th- those weight classes, bomb, fight, yeah. you're fighting, you know, because that would generate a lot of interest. So until people could create their own star power, because you can't rely just on UFC to promote you, you have to promote yourself as well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You know? Don't get me wrong, the UFC would jump on it and help and push you more, but you still have to do it yourself. You can't just be that guy nowadays and go, me fight, me do fight, talk in fight. Yeah. You know, like you can't be that. You have no. to be a bit more charismatic, you know, and get the get the audience involved within your fight. And the audience, will... yeah, matchmakers in the UFC. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but I tell you, ninety percent of the fights are go- at the higher level are governed by what the fans want. Yeah, 
If you yeah. want it, it would happen, you know? Mm. Yeah, I'm, I, it's equal parts good and bad. Like, I, I think it's great that you do get to see them kind of... I, I want to see Bisping, and I, I want to see him fight yeah. GSP. It'd be amazing. Mm. But I do also think... You feel bad not, for that. You feel bad. Yeah, because they're sitting there thinking, hang on a minute, I've fought my balls off, I've earned my shot. That's your normal sort of conscience. Like, look, hey, let's make. So, like, but then at the end of the day, it's like, I don't think many people are going to pay to watch that as much as they're going to pay to see the bigger fights. So, also, you look at how much they bought the company for four billion. It's a crazy amount of money. But you think, like, Disney uh, bought Star Wars for three point eight billion. I think that was a snatch. Yeah. You know, Jeez. compared to you know, so like, so you compare those yeah, two. Yeah, I didn't you know, realize How that. much money they're gonna have to try and try and mm. make? Uh, they're gonna have to do the money. That's what you see for me now. You see a lot of interim belts. We need to make this a tile shot. Yeah. We need to, you mm. know, you need to get. I mean, I, I think they're giving out tile shots like candy. Yeah. You know, so like, I think for me, a kind of in my eyes, it kind of. It's the hardcore fans are not going to be fooled by this sort of stuff. It's the casuals mm. they're trying to pull in but more. But kind of bringing in the casuals, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The amount of my friends that we've, yeah. we've spoke about yeah. this, like, a fan of my friends that are just like, are oh, we watching UFC at the weekend? And no, I'm thinking, like, what? You've never mentioned UFC or boxing or anything like that in your yeah. life. But it's like, they've watched the little viral videos that, that have, that's gone crazy and they've seen kind of rocking. He's very casual. He's been the best thing for this sport yeah. I, I, in some ways and, and in some ways he hasn't you know obviously yeah. Uh, yeah yeah every good yin and yang sort of thing is really good things about it obviously because he has that star power he's very charismatic and he pulls the attention in from out where obviously if you follow the sport you yeah. may know who I am if you don't follow the sport you know who Connor is anyway yeah, yeah, so yeah, he has yeah. that power to draw in from, from, from yeah. outside the bubble and now new fans are coming in, yeah. sort of thing, you know. So he's very powerful. But then also with doing that and how he's been doing things, he's made himself a bit, little bit bigger than the company. Yeah. You know. So now you see now a lot more fighters that have been a bit more. Hey up. Yeah. Definitely yeah. hear that. Like, that, well, that, that was that, that, um, that was interesting when cause... rhetoric when they're saying I'm looking for the big money fight now. Well, next That's what I mean. I think it's slightly changed it from I want to be the best. To I want to a little bit of a power shift. Fight. Yeah. And, and I don't to an extent. I think it's okay for the sport if it brings more money in for everyone. Yeah. The fighters, I mean, like, mm. if the fighters, if it's bringing in more interest, more money, so then everyone on that roster is getting paid more, that's kind of a good thing, right? That's like, well, everyone's celebrating. Okay, Conor mm. might be making a top dollar here, but he's actually bringing... But he deserves it. That's yeah, what I mean, that's yeah. right. He, he works mean, like, for it, right? Because yeah. every, every, all the madness aside, he's a beast, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's obsessive. And, uh, what, what makes it, him very, very... I mean... Star he is is not only he has the he's so charismatic. You, you see other people have been like that within different ways, different styles. But you obviously like someone like Chelsea Sonan. You know he he drew a lot of attention and yeah. he talked real good, really good. And you just wanted to see him fight. Yeah. But then he didn't win. But you have someone like Connor who has all this talking. Like for me, I, I I never watched press conferences and shit like that. But man, but when he's on, I want to listen. I want I want to yeah. hear. What he's so. So sharp, witty, and funny, and he, you know, but then he fucking goes and backs it Delivers, up. So it's yeah. just like, oh my god, this guy's like your golden egg. Yeah, like, so uh, that's why I believe he deserves every money, every bit of money he mm, gets. You know, I got a mate who, who's not in the UFC in the slightest, and I got up one morning and he sent me a, a link, and I thought, what's that? And I've been at work and I hadn't seen the press conference for 
I'm not sure which one it was, and it was him um, saying to... Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and now you think, oh, that's quality. Um, that's absolute quality. Yeah, that was Jeremy really Stevens. <laughs> Jeremy yeah. Stevens, yeah. Who is a beast as he well. He is a massive beast, yeah. yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> but you, you mentioned about um, Disney um, getting Star Wars for a snatch. Oh. So... Um, Going back to uh, the word snatch, that, <laughs> okay. that is my little link. Okay. Uh, nice. See what I've done there? Yeah. Like, Brilliant. Um, yeah. To, uh, They'll pay next... you enough to do that. <laughs> <laughs> to your next trilby wearer, who, who is... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, who is it, Brad? Hey, Brad Pitt from Snatch. <laughs> there you go. What a caravan from a man. Uh, uh, <laughs> you a monarchy. <laughs> I think, uh, do you know what? When, when you said you was, um, I can't think what his second name was, Mickey... Mickey One Mickey. Punch. That's all. That's it. Yeah, that's it, yeah. 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 Then, yeah. But um, One Punch Mickey. Yeah. I think when I I, I was looking, scanning through some, trying to find some information on the people that you picked, and I just watched the trailer back on Snatch. Fucking hell, man! As a, right. a guy, Richie, I was one. I mean, he's done a few, you know, a lot of stock, and you know, but for me, my favourite one is is that is that. You know? Yeah. He's done some great movies, but for me, that that by far is just. Amazing, yeah. Just, I mean, just as how it was shot, the, the writing, yeah, the soundtrack, everything. Yeah, the cast was yeah, slick yeah. as fuck. Well, the fact that Brad Pitt uh, at the time was, um, he was that was he was apexing, he was like the Don, right, as in, in terms of Hollywood. And then, like, coming to go and do Snatch was literally peanuts for him because yeah. he was desperate to get on it because Lock Stock was. You saw Lockstock, how that was a like, game how, was good, yeah. how he'd edited that was fucking nuts. When it with the soundtrack, it was fast tempoed, it was witty, it really was British as you like. Yeah, uh, it was amazing. And Brad couldn't was like probably desperate to get on there. And what a cat! 
like Mickey One Punch, who's just an amazing really? character. His whole family are amazing, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just cat. Jason Fleming's his brother, the one that's got the proper like mullet. There's about twenty of them all sitting in the caravan. A bit like Wurzel Gummidge. Yeah, yeah. I remember at the time when it came out because there was all this big hoo-ha that Brad Pitt was in the country. He lived on a traveller site for about three weeks. He shadowed a family and and engrossed himself into it. And I just thought, that's that's not fancy that. Yeah. But he done his, he, I, I think he played it very well. Yeah. I mean, the characters are amazing. I mean, the whole storyline was amazing. And he and Guy Ritchie has that thing where he, it's quite a serious film, but it's so comical as well. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's such a yeah. so quotable as well. Yeah. Even yeah. people like Britpop. Oh mate, he was, Have you ever seen? <laughs> uh, you see, like uh, when he does the brick top and Star Wars, you see that? Brick Vader. Yeah. It's fucking yeah, hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that has had really? a lot of views. That has on YouTube. Yeah. I've got to be about ten of them. Yeah, I've probably about ten, you know, ten thousand of those. Have been me, you know, I've watched that quite a few. And I show that's, one of those, that's one of the ones I show people as well. Watch this. You got, you know, yeah, yeah. you know Star Wars, yeah. You know uh, Brick Top from uh, Snatch, yeah. Watch this. <laughs> Bring those two together, and you've got a match made in heaven. Yeah. My uh, my hairdressers is called Bricktop, and yeah. uh, and across all the walls it, they've got signed photos of Bricktop Has with the old shaving farm? blade. Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Has he got a big pig farm? What's that? Has he got a pig farm? <laughs> I didn't ask about that. I didn't really want to. Maybe I mean, you need to ask. There was a lot of feet all over the floor, and they locked the door when I went in. <laughs> I I uh, with one of the things I do for work, um, they help a company, and uh, they he, he lives on a pig farm. He's literally got pigs on that farm. So, yeah, I never want to fucking upset you. <laughs> yeah, <so much>. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen that, that guy bricked up in any other films. He's been in a few, but it is like... Um, well, that I'll tell you what, I would Google him. He plays a gangster on an episode of Alan Partridge, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, like, man. it's Partridge kind of probing that kind I of like curiosity of, oh. of, of the gangster, <laughs> and then the geezer just turns on him like that. <laughs> And he's just like, take that soppy look off your face. Like, I'll suck you in so far, I'll throw you out the other side. And he's like, and Partridge is just sitting there with his proper gormless look on his face. Oh, it's quality, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He, to be fair, he hasn't been in a lot. I, well, that I can yeah, read a lot. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure he's been in a, in a few. Because, I mean, it was, it was such a powerful character, you know, so I'm surprised that didn't lead on to other things. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and, and Thingy as well, um, Stephen Graham, um, yeah. famous. Cause, Dugs. Who can say dugs now? Dugs. Dugs. <laughs> dogs. Oh, yeah, I, I like dogs. And, and, and obviously, Dags. it was Stephen Graham and, and Thingy, isn't it? Who's the other superstar? Uh, Jason Statham. Jason Statham, yeah. 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 And Benicio. Tur- was that Turkish? Was it named Turkish? Turkish, yeah. yeah. Turkish. Five minutes Turkish, five minutes. Let's cook the old sausages, aren't Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so after you'd, you'd got into um, the Octagon, you first started in what was the 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 kind? Was it just sort of small local shows and stuff well, like that first, to start my with? My first actual ever fight was on a, a show called I think it was called Fight Night. It was down in Portsmouth uh, on the pier, you know, in a boxing ring. Uh, and I went straight into professional fighting. I didn't do amateur, um, and I didn't get paid. I well, I kind of got paid. I got a free cage side table, uh, cage side ring side table, just for my friends and family mm. to come watch me. Um, and that's at a time where, for me, when I competed in boxing, I was actually way more nerve. It was really nerve wracking because you know that this other guy's trained to try and knock you out. Yeah. You know, and like 
vice versa. For me, I, was way, I used to get petrified before I was fighting. In MMA, I, I didn't really, because I'm like, my first time, I thought, he's actually a lot bigger than me. He weighed 72 kilos, and I weighed 62 kilos, you know? Because when I took the fight, I was 70 kilos, right. and I just lo lost loads of weight, you know, by training a <laughs> yeah. lot, and then I was really small. But um, I remember fighting him, and I was like, he was more of a grappler from Paul, and, uh, and I was like, I ain't scared of getting tapped out. What's so scary? Right, What's scary right. about getting choked out yeah, to getting yeah. someone who's gonna knock you? Yeah. Fight Mike Tyson or Hoist Gracie. Who's yeah, scared? Yeah. You can't exactly. tap against Mike Tyson. Can you? <laughs> yeah, so that's what I mean. So like, so for me, in a way, not say, not saying that they were. I'm like, they're more scared of fighting me. I'm gonna try and knock their head off. You know. So why would I? Why am I scared of this guy? You know. And that's kind of I fed off that. Even if there wasn't, if the was scared, I wasn't scared. I just fed them that. The they're they're right, more yeah. scared of me because I'm going to try and knock that block block off. Have you always been super self confident, even from like being like you know as as far back as you can um, remember? I mean, I've mean, always been self confident in my in your abilities. I mean, no, like, yeah. no, not my abilities. Because for me, throughout my career, I know that I've beaten so many guys that are much better than me technically. Technically, but yeah. I just knew that I'm, mm. I'm like a. I'll come forward. I'm like a zombie, you know, like I keep coming forward. I knew that I could break someone. The many times where my, just my pressure on coming forward, fighting, 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 mm. fighting, 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 will break someone, yeah. you know, and they could be beating me up to start off with. But like I say, I was just one of those guys who just kept coming forward and, you know, and no, there's no quitting me. Yeah. And, that's, and that, that's, that's why. I think that's why the, the, the public love you. Yeah, because I was, I was in a lot of barn burner fights because of yeah. my fight style where. Yeah, even in my last last fight I had, you know, like I was two rounds up, I could have just played it really easy. Took him down in the third round. He came out in the third round pretty strong because he knew he was two rounds down. I should have took him down. That's what anyone would have done. But I've gone, nope. I stand up. Yeah, I'm gonna go out. Go out my shield. And yeah. Then it backfired on me, but you know that's the type of fight I, I am, yeah. and that's why that's why I got kind of like I, I knew it was kind of like liked by the fans. But you know, I did not know as much as that. You know, it was really humbling yeah, the love and support I got uh, just that night and beyond that about the messages I got on Facebook and, and that sort of stuff. I'm one of those guys as well. I, I'm a nice guy, so I reply to everyone. You yeah. know, if people are thinking their time out of date, this might be a nice message. Yeah, uh, it's only right for me to read it and yeah. write back. You know, that's the type of person I am. Yeah, you know? I, I think every. Everyone that watched that fight, especially everyone in, in this country, just wanted to get in there, give you a cuddle, mate. Yeah, like, I mean, was, I, was... I had so many men like, message me go, mate, you made me cry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, you was, you <laughs> was cage side, weren't you? I was there. Yeah. I've got, um, I was there with Pip, and we were front row watching Yeah. That, and it was, yeah, it was great. It was great, mate. It was great. So, you. I mean, it was so, I honestly don't know if, to me, the, the outcome of the fight didn't matter, because it was more, it was more of the story of my career. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, that that was a bit that, that was the whole thing about me you know? and like I don't know if it would have had the same sort of impact if I had won my fight you know I think it kind of like just summed up my career yeah it sums up my ups and downs mm. of my career and fuck me this is real life mm. there's no not everyone's going to get a fairy tale ending mm. you know so this is how the but that's, that's why I think that's why you become a, a, the, the people's fighter and 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 I think you could say the same for like 
Ricky Hatton. Yeah. You know, there, there's been better boxers than Ricky Hatton yeah. for this country, and, and I'm sure a lot of people would say that about Calzaghe and things like that, but Ricky Hatton didn't duck no one, and he yeah. went down on his shield yeah. against some of the best fighters exactly. out there, which, yeah. you know, is, is what happened. And, like, but I, I just, I think it was, yeah, I think that everybody just, Want to give you a cuddle, mate? I yeah, really do yeah mate. That. I would have, I would have loved the cuddle, you know. <laughs> and do you know what? I'm a cuddlier guy. <laughs> I was sitting there, and we're all sitting on each other's laps, by the way, at the moment, mate, just holding <laughs> each other. But, but, um, but yeah, I think um, at that point when you was you was you was kind of talking um, to, to it was Dan Hardy, wasn't Dan it? Dan Hardy, yeah. Like everyone's bottom lip was going, and it was just like, oh fucking hell, man! And you just pop that little trilby down in and we let the octagon oh, up. Yeah. Oh, mate, you can't do that as well. I mean, I was, was going to do that anyway, you know, yeah. sort of thing. And like I say, it was a real, real emotional thing. And this is what I find. For not just, for everyone, mate. It was yeah. for everyone. I think everyone was in there with you, feeling I mean, it. I, I mean, like, so many people retired from the sport. You saw Rumble Johnson retire from the sport at the weekend. Didn't yeah. see that coming. But there's not many, even UIFA have done it. I, I mean, like, I don't think there's many people have a graceful exit from the sport in the way that your, your eye favorite for me did it as well. But you know, not many people, when they retire from the sport, it's normally like that. It's like spur the moment thing. I'm retiring. See you later, guys. No one knows mm. about it. So you didn't know. The Rum- yeah. I, no one knew mm. that Rumble was going to uh, retire apart from himself. Mm. So, but, so it's like, for me, uh, retiring from the sport is either like that or some injury and you're, then you're gone. Yeah. Or you just, just fade off into this mm. and got cut by the promotion and mm. you're gone. So for me, I, I think I've it's a way that you should kind of go mm. because it gives people to like, hey, oh, this is like, like, let's celebrate it. You yeah, know I mean? yeah. For me, it was like a party, you know? It's like, it's like everyone could, okay, there's no way to explain it. It's like having a wake, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Because so, it's not that I'm dead, but it's like, I had a lot of people saying a lot of good, we know someone unfortunately dies loads of people pay tri- yeah. tribute to them and mm-hmm. writes and loads of lovely messages and that. but the poor person who's died don't get to read those messages no yeah. that's true but I did yeah, yeah. You know? so it's like I mean I and died wakes, wakes are usually fucking fun in my experience yeah. you know yeah, so there's like, a somber bit and then there's the but celebration technically my, my career died that night mm. but I'm alive to read all the messages that I mean, so many people send me messages that I didn't even thought gave a shit about me just no, to I'm also like... bring some gravitas to the situation for people that aren't um, MMA fans, this is at the sold-out O2 yeah. in London, and, yeah. and obviously in your 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 back garden. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was born in uh, East London, so yeah. the O2 is like, yeah, where I'm from. Walk, walk to work. Yeah, <laughs> I started my career around this era. I fought on like, cage rage and stuff like that, you know. So I fought in London throughout a lot of my club fights, and... Every time the UFC came back to the O2, I made sure I was on that card because, yeah. you know, that's where I'm from. You know, yeah, we've so. seen you a few times at, at, mm. at the O2. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, I was actually unbeaten in the O2 until that, the, my last fight. <laughs> <laughs> we, 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 were talk, we were talking um, earlier on this conversation about um, stoppages and, and, and seeing how things go through. And uh, it, that was one of those ones where I was kind of like, I'd, if I was a ref, yeah. I'm not a ref. I'd I'd let it go. I've got mates who said no, no, they wouldn't let it go, and I'm like, because my attitude's a bit like yours, Brad. Mate, you see some like, of my fights. I've survived yeah. worse than that, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's um, the funny thing is, in Grant Waterman, who's the referee, yeah. he was the person who started my career. I fought in his show, mm, his first, wow. in my first ever fight, 
And then you came in, like, the referee's always come in and chat to you. And I, I, said, I said to Grant, Grant, you know me. I've been crazy. I get into some crazy shit at times. Give me every opportunity to fight out of every situation. And you know what, it's my last fight. Just let me go stiff. I don't, I don't <laughs> care. You know, I, don't, I really don't care. You know, he's like, yeah, I understand. And then, you know what I mean? And then, then that happened in the fight. And me, I, I honestly believe it was a premature stoppage. Mm-hmm. I was actually kicking him away. Yeah, right. You, know, you had your foot, yeah. your feet was, in his hips. Yeah, I, I, I was kick, kicked him away. Yeah. So I'm there. Yeah. You know, I got, yes, I got a job. But then also with that, it kind of like, in a way, one, he's got a job to do. You know what I mean? I understand, you know. And two, but it kind of re-concreted my decision why I was tiring. Because mm. years ago, I would have that kick like candy. And like, mm. it would have done nothing to me. Right, but right, now right. I'm getting dropped left, right and centre. I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ, you know. like, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. And with my style of fighting, I can't afford to be that guy. Yeah, you know? right, I was yeah. that guy who was in your face. Yeah, yeah. Take one to, la- you know, take yeah. three to land my uh-huh. one sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so like, and, and now it showed that I, I, I can't take that. I can't absorb that sort of punishment yeah. now. So yeah. And you don't want, you know, you don't want to take that and it to affect your, your yeah. quality of life in the but future. But also, me being a nice guy, I was happy that he won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I was like, I'm really happy for this kid. He was a nice kid. Yeah. And also, I, I read the story about you know he has got a daughter who uh, has got this um, like a, a muscle malfunction on, on her face oh, that she can't smile. And he had he was trying he had a GoFundMe page trying to raise fifty thousand uh, dollars to to do this operation so to, to save her face sort of thing, and I'm like, brilliant! You won your fight. You just you also got performance of the night as well. Yeah. So you just got fifty grand. I was I was over the moon for him. I'm yeah. like brilliant. Yeah. You know, I, I I was happy like you know. So like, that's what a sport is like. You know, it's not like, oh man, you know, it, it is what it is. You know. So I think that you know that means you've you, you've come out of this sport in the right way and especially with the right mind frame because you you're going to look back over your career and enjoy it and be proud of it and so you fucking should and sometimes you see fighters when they finish and they're bitter really mm. they just they've ne- they'll never let it go like there's things that they've never been happy with that has never made them right and that's that, yeah. that's why like, i mean like for me throughout my fighting career it was how far can i go with this how I didn't want to get to the top. Mm. And I kept on trying. I kept on trying throughout my career. That's why I say I even went down to fl- the flyweight division because I was ranked number five at bantamweight, and I had been in a few title eliminator fights. You know where if I'd have won a hundred percent, I would have a title shot. I was there so close a few times. I kept on just falling, falling over the final hurdle. You know, one of them I lost a uh, split decision against Eddie Wyland. Mm-hmm. He beat me. He went and had a title shot. So I was so close quite a few times. Uh, and then as soon as I found out that maybe that door that weight class maybe shut a little bit when I was ranked number five, I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna go down mm-hmm. the weight class because I beat Demetrius Johnson yeah. before. What I need to do is get a couple of good wins down there. Boom, I get a title shot. Mm-hmm. And then. That's what I wanted to be. I never wanted to look back at my career and be a woulda, shoulda, coulda. That guy sitting in the pub, you know, see how Dimitri Johnson, I'll beat him. Mm. You know, if I went down a weight class, I could have beat him. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, I didn't want to be that guy. I wanted to try everything within my power to be number one in the world. Yeah. And that's when that when I, I lost a few decisions down there because obviously they don't hit hard enough to yeah. fuck anyone out. But I lost a few decisions down there and then I went back up to... Uh, uh, 135 it was a case of like oh, I'll give this another little go and then he got to the stage where it was just fighting for me and mm. kind of like 
I, I lost when I see my rankings not I'm going down. I'm like, there's no another reason. Why I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. not going up. You know, there's other ways you can earn money in yeah, life. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've got a kid now. And, mm. You know, so like, I'm like, hey, you know, I've had a good career. I'm very competitive, and that's why I did it. I wanted to see how far I could go. But now I'm going in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. uh, hey, I'm done. Thank you very much. But they're, they're transferable you. skills. You know, if you've got drive and the ambitious, then whatever you're exactly. going to do next, yeah. then it's transferable yeah. skills. You yeah. know, it's a mindset, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, like the man, for me now, I want to pass that knowledge on to the next generation. And so, for me personally, I want to. I'm in talks now about opening my own gym in London. I want to do a GBTT Great British Top Team. Uh, I, I'm in nice. talks with that. Actually, after this podcast, I will have another business meeting with, with, with a gentleman um, trying to get this all rolling and then that's what it be but I'm still I don't say I'm a competitor I like to compete but now I just compete through other people yeah I have a, I have a real good because well I'll coach now as well I coach a team time where I've been training for years I still coach other fighters who are fighting you've come from a gym today haven't you yeah that's why I was just training this morning yeah. I'm helping guys who are training and I trained a little bit myself you know and um I have a guy called Nathaniel Wood he's fighting for the Cage Warriors world title in June so mm. my, my, my competitive for going now into my fight mm. fighters where I want them to compete and win so I could be competitive in that way and like same with open the gym I want to be the best gym in the UK boom want to be the best gym in Europe boom that, that's how yeah. I will compete you know transfer it. yeah yeah that's nice well I hope that I hope you get that gym set up I will do I mean that, that's my 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 my, my uh, definitely my there's loads of ways I could earn money yeah like do this, yeah. You know, like do I have my own podcast as yeah, you know, yeah. yeah and what's, your what's the biggest? Give it a shout. It's called uh, the One Punch Podcast. Uh, I mean, uh, a guy who thinks he's funny called Brian Lacey. He's a comedian. <laughs> he's quite funny, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Who's funnier though? Uh, well, the bloke, the, the bloke that it's like trainees at the moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, me, me and him do a podcast. He's actually doing really well as well. Uh, it's called the One Punch Podcast. You can download on iTunes and stuff like that. You know, it's. We're new, we've only had like 15 episodes and stuff, but uh, yeah, it's going great. We have a lot of good fun listeners. Like, it's it's good chemistry on there, mate. It's yeah, really good chemistry. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, take it your your pals before the, the podcast, a little yeah. bit, yeah. yeah. You know I mean? Like, uh, he actually first started, we met each other. He interviewed me once years ago, and then he done a thing called Winter Warrior, which I was a guest coach doing, which is uh, another really good thing. Is where people who have no MMA experience, like himself, uh get together do like a boot uh, a boot training camp kind of thing for six months you know and then they fight each other almost like know, white collar kind of yeah in a way but it's yeah. like for me it's like I have a lot of um, like respect for these people because it's not easy to do what I do not okay at my level but just to do what I do just to be walking into that so room to try and talk into yeah, that room yeah, yeah, yeah. to exchange it's, it's punches not, yeah it is a very daunting thing yeah. you know it's like so once someone's done that walk no yeah. matter to what level, win, lose, or whatever, respect. respect. You know, yeah. and straight away, hundred percent. Okay, you know how I felt doing that. You know, so like I respect respect you for that, hundred percent. You know, so so like that's the thing called Winter Warriors. That's what they do. You get get together, dude. And I was the um, uh, season one coach, uh, and I was season two coach, and I, I'm kind of I'm talking to them to being like a, uh, an ambassador for, for for them as well. You know, so. I think it's a great, great thing they do. Uh, and just hearing the stories of a lot of people who do it, you know, like the backgrounds, is it, phenomenal. I'll have to check you know? it out. Mm. 
get on the next episode. Yeah, get, yeah. get on the next season. season. Yeah. There you go. From wimp to uh, in the grave. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, we'll jump right in there and say that's uh, we need a place to cut this. So yeah. here we go. This that was the end of part one with Brad. Um, hope you had as much fun listening to it as what we've done so far. Yeah, uh, being fanboys. And we'll uh, we'll put the second bit up shortly. Yeah, so next, uh, tomorrow in the next few days. And the easiest way is if you're not sure when it's going to come out, then um, if you just subscribe, when you wake up in the morning, it's sitting there all ready to go. Ready. <laughs> you're going to say ready as a teddy. Stop no. saying ready as a teddy all the time. It's not cool. Dr. Okay. Feelgood's got his own little tagline as well. <laughs> Pip stitched me up yesterday. He oh, he told me. He, I got he, a little text. It, it is brilliant. Uh, I got respected for it. He, he, he ordered pizza and it somehow, he'd somehow angled it for me to pick it up, you know. And uh, But he'd, he'd left my name as Chris Passion. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got to pizza, it was like, oh, what's the name? I was like, Chris Passion. <laughs> But as she's grown on me, I like it. Chris Passion. Yeah, I think we should go with that. Not to feel good, <laughs> a.k.a. Chris Passion. <laughs> <laughs> see, you, see you in uh, the next part. Bye. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.